BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Nobody knows the sorrow. That's very good. Nobody knows the trouble I see. I's waiting for tomorrow. That's very, very good. Now, if if uh, those of you who would like to hear Mama's little baby love shouting in, shouting in, I'd be glad to do that one for you too. Did you read that wild? Uh, there was a thing in the paper about Nelson Eddy. Did you read that thing? Yeah, there was a thing in the paper about Nelson Eddy, and, and he's doing a nightclub act somewhere. And uh, Nelson Eddy is always doing that song, you know, Mommy, little baby, love, shouting in, shouting in, Mommy, little baby, love, shouting in bread. You want me to sing that? <laughs> or, or do you want me to sing, Cram, 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 the boys are marching. <laughs> oh, it's very good. Well, uh, no, no, you see, if I, if, if you really wanted me to do that, I'd get back here and Eddie crank up the echo chamber and we'd get the band marching behind me. Speaking of echo chambers, have you noticed how rotten folk music records are getting now? With like 17 people with the chorus and the echo chambers, seven guys playing timpanis, a fact. The only reviewer I've read in a long time that said this was a reviewer in a Chicago paper of all places. He blew the whistle on it. He says the only authentic thing about this latest Kingston Trio record is that it's round. <laughs> yeah, he says it's round. It's a real record. Rum, 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 the boys are marching. Very good. I'm very, very legit. Have you noticed that? I can be so legit it makes you itch. Well, of course you have to turn the gain down. There's nothing louder than a legit singer, Carl. You know that. Well, anyway, there was this piece about Nelson Eddy. And uh, Nelson Eddy, I think, has probably the corniest face that... He's, he's almost the prototype of all corny faces. Uh, and, and Nelson Eddy made a great, great, great remark. Uh, he said he met a lady on the street the other day, and uh, he's walking. I don't know how authentic it is, but he said it, and it was a good line. He's, he meets this lady on the street, and she says, You used to be Nelson Eddy, didn't you? 
What a terrible remark. But uh, so long, Carl. We'll see you, man. You used to be Nelson Eddy, didn't you? That's one thing about showbiz, and it's also about baseball. I think these are the only, the only professions in America, or in the world for that matter, where you cease to be what you are. You know, really, uh, when, when, when you, uh, say, for example, when uh, you're a ball player, you know, and you're a fantastic center fielder like uh, Charlie Keller, we'll say, or Joe DiMaggio. You used to be Joe DiMaggio, didn't you, of the Yankees? <laughs> I'll bet these guys get this once in a while. That in, uh, in other businesses, guys can keep fooling them until their feet fall off. And nobody knows their has-beens. But uh, speaking of, uh, of that, as long as we're... Oh, does anyone want to hear shortening bread? Not a soul. Isn't that terrible? Nobody wants to hear. I would like to do the. I'd like to do some uh, selections from the Chocolate Soldier. I can do some of those for you tonight. I have also a wonderful collection of things I do from the Student Prince. I do. I do. And and in spite of the fact that I've got a cold, I'd be glad to do them. Mammy little baby loves shortening, shortening. Mammy little baby loves shortening bread. Mammy little baby loves shortening, shortening. Mammy's little baby loves shortening bread. See, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm just fooling around here, though. If you really want me to stand up, I'm sitting down. If you want me to stand up and belt it out, I could scare the daylights out of you all the way out in Queens. Sure. Tramp, 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 the boys are marching. Tramp, 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 they're off to war. Oh, gee, that was awful. Let's try it a little lower there. <laughs> I, I'd, uh, I, I have a great one that I do, too, about uh, lift that barge, throw that bale, get a little drunk, and you land in jail. Old man river, it just keeps a-rolling, a-rolling and a-rolling. He just keeps a-rolling. He just keeps a-rolling along. That's very good. I could get that now. If I didn't have a cold, I'd get that last one perfectly. It's all right. I'm. Per- oh, I, I do that one very good. And I, I oh, yes, I, I stand out there in that pier. I do it on a dock. And I have a, a cotton bale next to me, and I wear these old pair of overalls. It's very good. And... And there's a guy sitting back, sitting back uh, behind me on a winch with a with a mock prop banjo, like he's playing behind me. See, and I say, "Old man river, it just keeps a rolling. He keeps on a rolling. He keeps on." Oh, it's very, very effective. You have to say, "Just keeps a rolling, a rolling and a rolling." Now. Uh, I'm, I, I can see, obviously, I'm getting no requests for this. Oh, am I really? You want me to do a Mammy Little Baby Love Shortening, Shortening, Mammy Little Baby Love Shortening Bread, Mammy Little Baby Love... Oh, I was, I was weaned on a diet of that kind of glop. As a matter of fact, my mother and my old man used to sit in front of the radio, and there was never a dry eye in the house. When Nelson Eddy would sing, Tramp, 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 the boys are marching. Tramp, 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 they're all to war. Very, very exciting. And and uh, you'd hear this band playing behind him, and, and, and my old man would sit there with the hackles rising. And then, then my mother would say, I wish he'd do the one about molasses and shortening bread. And sure enough, without any, uh, just without even messing a beat, 
The announcer would say, and now Nelson Eddy gives us an old favorite that all of you have been writing in and asking for. <laughs> Mammy, little baby, love, shouting in, shouting in. See, it's all in, it's not really in the voice where you get this kind of stuff. It's in attitude, Ed. Don't you see that? Mammy, little baby, loves shouting in, shouting in. Mammy, little baby, loves shouting in bread. Mammy's little baby loves shouting and shouting and Mammy's little baby loves shouting and bread. It's got to be down that with a, with, a, with a tremulous vibrato with just the slightest touch of a tear in the eye. Now, uh, speaking of uh, tremulous vibrati, <laughs> if, uh, if you're interested in that, oh, I'm, I'm getting a, a raft. Three people have requested me to, to lay off. So, uh, one has just, huh? Well, three. Well, that's a quit calling in. It's too bad. I, I, I'm not going to. Somebody just called in and said, would I please do, uh, what's, what's the, what's the one there? They're the holding it up there in a minute. I'm finding there's an overwhelming, says, oh, you want some suggest, some, uh, some selections from, uh, $10 to stop singing? Well, look, put your money where your mouth is, Dad. I've had all kinds of, of kid type requests. I, 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 I only pay off when I see the green. And so throw it on the drum, and you'll be saved. Other than that, we take no IOUs here at the gates of heaven. It's got to be right on the drum. $10 to stop singing. $10 to go down and get the WPAT where they do nothing but sing. And they don't even sing. they got guys like Johnny Mathis. You know, I love you. I can do that. I, I, he can't do this. Mammy, little baby, love, shouting in, shouting in. Mammy, little baby, love, shouting in bread. Mammy, little baby, loves. I'll tell you, Sinatra would have trouble doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't know that I once did a musical. There's several, as a matter of fact. I'll never forget. Boy, <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear about that. But, you know, speaking of... Uh, of uh, of the of the singing voice uh, while we're on the subject of it and as long as it's springtime here we're going to do something that we do once every spring and and uh, for those of you who expect a hard-hitting dynamic angry show forget it I'm not hard-hitting dynamic nor angry tonight because you see the Mets won and the Yankees lost so all's right in his heaven or is it something else I, I forget there but it's all working out Oh, you mean somebody wanted to hear the rest of Mammy's Little Baby? Oh, another wise apple, huh? Uh-huh. I see. Well, I, we used to have a great line that we used to refer to people to back in Hammond, Indiana, referring to wise apples. And uh, it made a fleeting reference to horses. And uh, <laughs> and now that I have nothing against horses, any part of horses, but uh, if the shoe fits. Mammy Little Baby loves... Show. Oh, stout. Oh, yeah, stout-hearted men. Does anybody want to hear stout-hearted men? <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic song. I wish I had the lyrics to it. If I had the lyrics to stout-hearted men, I'd sing it tonight. Would somebody call in the lyrics to stout-hearted men? Stout-hearted men. That's the way that one goes. Very, very good song. Those of you who would like to... Speaking of uh, of old turkeys, this is WOR AM and FM New York. And uh, we'll be here until they catch up with us again, as we often point out, because it's very true. 
It's it's happening. And while we're on the subject of it's happening, did you watch the Yankee game at all today? There was there is a feeling in the air. Now I don't like to uh, be a Cassandra here. For for any of you who might be hung on the Yankees. But there is something in the air. It is not good for Yankee fans. I think this is going to be a desperate, a desperate season. I, I just just detect it because a lot of things are happening that have nothing to do with players getting hurt or any of that. There is a spirit. In fact, uh, when when the ball game came on today, it was very very significant. I say that the truth comes out in the most sneaky ways. It does not really advertise as the truth. To begin with, they come on with this thing, you know, baseball and Valentine, baseball and Valentine, you know that thing that came on with the film there. Well, they opened up today, and this is exactly what happened. They opened up today, and the first thing that happened, and you'll be pleased to note this, was that they came on, and I don't know how they were able to do it, they wowed the film. It was a bad omen. Because the Yankees are noted for always doing everything right when the chips are down. And let me tell you, there are no chips more downer than when the commercial's being played, right? I mean, you can louse up on any other part of the broadcast, but never the commercial. Well, I'm sitting there, and the set is on. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. They're playing the White Sox. And it goes, And Valentine. For a couple of seconds. Then then there was a, a quick blackout. They went to white or black or whatever it is they go to. Where they, they have rethreaded the film. <laughs> they start all over again. And then it goes, Oh, baseball and Valentine. Well, I figured, you know, maybe this was just a fluke. And I'm waiting. And sure enough, the thing comes to an end. And there is a long, pregnant, soggy pause after the opening. Now, op- usually the opening comes on like this, you know. Good afternoon, fans. This is Mel Allen out at Yankee Stadium. You know that, that happy sound? Well, there is a long pause. And I'm waiting there. And on comes this despondent voice. It says, uh... Hello, fans. Smell Allen. We're at Yankee Stadium. And uh, the Yankees are taking on the uh, Chicago White Sox today in a single game. And uh, Al Lopez is down at the plate now, and they're getting ready with the pregame warm-up. Another long pause. Nothing is being said. And then the camera goes how it often does on these ball games, goes skimming over the stands. Believe me, if there were 3,000 paying customers at that ballpark today, I will eat everybody's shirt tail. Now, there were probably more than 3,000 people there, but as a matter of fact, I would I would guess that a, a good half of them were freebies because the patrol boys were there, the brownies were there, the ROTC from Teaneck was there, the little leaguers from Lower Milford were there, and none of them were saying anything. They're just sitting there with their jackets on. And Mel is going, uh, and let's uh, take a look at the lineup today. And they, they, they then turned the camera on Mel Allen. Well, you never saw. It was one of the greatest moments of truth I've seen in years. Mel Allen, I've got to salute you. Believe me, I have watched all the dramatic shows on television that I ever get a chance to. And, you know, it's all glop. It's all cheese, craft in a yard wide. You know, they're all there emoting away. Well, a camera picks up Mel Allen, and it was the sight of a man who was just there, and he was just there, that's all. And he is not even looking at the camera. 
He's looking off to his left, and the camera's on him. And I say, well, Alan doesn't know the camera's on him. He's sort of sitting there, and he's got his coat buttoned up, and he's got his hat pulled down over his eyes. And the camera is on him, and I thought, gee, this is not the Yankees. You know, this is like the Mets in the middle of July or something like that. If they've got 47 out of the last 39. And he's, he's looking off to his left, and there's a dead silence. And suddenly Mel looks over, sort of cockeyed out, his, out of the corner of his eye, and he says, oh. He knew all the time he's on, and he doesn't care. That's the thing. He doesn't care. And his nose is kind of running, and he looks, and he says, uh, let's take a look at the lineup uh, for the White Sox. Uh, uh, Jim Landis, uh, center field. And he doesn't look back at us. He just looks away. Well, Jim Landis, it's uh, center field. And, uh, and uh, Pete Ward playing third base. You 10,000 more, shoulder to shoulder and bolder and bolder, they grow as they go to the fray. There is nothing in the world can hold or mar a plan. Oh, that's fantastic. When stout-hearted men can stick together man to man. It's very, that, 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 hardly a dry eye. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. You see, I, I haven't worked on the changes in that. I don't even really remember the tune. Because uh, something about stout-hearted men uh, is a little bothersome there. But I'll, I'll, I'll work on that one. I'm particularly good, though, on, on uh, Mammy's Little Baby Loves Shortland Bread. And I would like to do, if you don't mind, there's a wonderful aria from The Student Prince that I do. It's about the duel. Do you want to hear that one? It's very good. And, uh, yes, that's a very good one. It's about Heidelberg. And it's about clinking your steins together. Oh, you know that one, don't you? Don't you? It's, uh, you're raising your steins. It's not the one about the, you know, it's not Rudy Valley's bill. You know, not that one. Oh, no, it's very good. You don't want to hear that. Okay, I, I can see that I'm meeting with the usual ennui. The public, trouble with the public is that they don't really, they don't really want good things. You know, you come out with good things, what do you get? That's right. That's right. Lays there like an old wet dish rag. All right, you don't get good things. Rosemary, I love you. Rosemary, my darling. That's a very good one, too. Now, enough of this. Enough of this jazz. It's just one of those, <laughs> one of those terrible things. Now, here we go. All set now? I'm getting it ready here. Uh, just prepared. How did I get this thing in the wrong place? Ah, here it is. Once a year, every year, almost at this time, we do Casey at the Bat. Casey at the Bat, I believe, is probably as close to a true American classic as you can get. And the the history of Casey the Bat, everybody knows Casey the Bat, but the history of it is is clouded with a peculiar kind of mystery. Do you know that the guy, the, the, the fellow who wrote it, his widow just died a few years ago. And uh, the guy who wrote Casey at the Bat, a lot of people think it's just one of those apocryphal songs, you know, like it's a folk thing, but it was written by a sports writer who worked in Boston, and his name was Ernest Lawrence Thayer. And uh, he wrote Casey at the Bat as a column. Just one day, Casey at the Bat appeared as a column. And what he was doing was reporting on a ball game. <laughs> yeah, that was a report on an actual ball game. Yeah, and, and uh, there was a lot of, a lot of uh, argument, though, because he changed all the names and things. 
and there was a lot of argument as to as to just who he was talking about and there was a rumor that he was talking about a great player who was who was a, a very famous Boston player of the time a guy named King Kelly who was known as the ten thousand dollar beauty you know, uh, the, I, I like those phrases, the $10,000 beauty. He was just known as that. And, and King Kelly, I, believe me, I think I, have a, I think I have some kind of illusion in my mind. I remember as a little kid being taken to a movie. And this, even at the, in those days, this was an old movie, Ed. And this movie was called Slide Kelly Slide. It was a baseball movie, and it was not a funny type baseball movie with, uh, with uh, what's his name, Joe E. Brown in it. It was a serious movie about a ball player named King Kelly. And I remember one scene, as all I remember, I just remember a scene of a guy sliding into home plate. And the name of the movie was, was Slide Kelly Slide. Has anyone ever, else ever heard of this movie, or did I invent this movie? Slide Kelly Slide. And of course, I never heard of Kelly. You know, I just thought, I thought he was a mythical ball player. But Kelly apparently was a ball player on a par in his day with guys like Babe Ruth. I mean, a superstar, King Kelly. King Kelly. And uh, was there such a movie? You think there was? You saw it? That never showed up on Channel Nine, did it? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that movie was 400 years old, I guess. But it was an old movie when I saw it. And I'm a kid, and I. And I remember seeing this movie because my, my father was an insane baseball fan. And anything that had to do with baseball, he was there. And, uh, all right, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, if you think you're a ball player, ball fan type, who, what baseball player was a dead ringer, looked exactly like Joe E. Brown? So much so that when Joe E. Brown was playing his uh, famous... Uh, series of baseball characters that he played in the movies. A lot of people later on, uh, whenever this guy played ball, they would refer to him as that character in the press. Elmer the Great dropped another one, they said today. And, and he, you know, and, and every time the photographers would take a picture of this outfielder, they would make him make that mouth that Joey Brown made. You know that mouth that we go, ah! You know that mouth he made all the time? Well, this outfielder, who was a very good outfielder, but not much of a stick man, was continually bugged throughout his career by looking exactly like Joe E. Brown. And one time, he got a triple. The only time he showed any humor at all was that he got a triple. He arrived on third base, this player. He looked around, everybody's yelling and hollering. You see, he was strictly a 145 hitter. He arrives on third base after belting a long triple. He looks around, Ed, he opens his mouth in, in full sight of everybody in the stands and, and does that famous Joe E. Brown yell. Ow! And everybody, just, you know, they just passed out in the stands because he, he actually did it. Who was this player? We'll see you what kind of a ball fan you are. Okay, you all ready to go? Are you ready to go now? All right, let's go, Ed. For crying out loud. Ah, here we go.
extremely rocky for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to six with but an inning left to play. And so when Cooney died at first and Burroughs did the same, a pallor wreathed the features of the patrons of the game. A straggling few got up to go, leaving there the rest with that hope which springs eternal within the human breast. For they thought if only Casey could get a whack at that. They'd put up even money with Casey at the bat. But Flynn preceded Casey. And likewise, so did Blake. And the former was a pudding, and the latter was a fake. So on that stricken multitude, a death-like silence sat, for there seemed but little chance of Casey's getting to the bat. But Flynn let drive a single to the wonderment of all, and the much-despised Blakey tore the cover off the ball. And when the dust had lifted, and they saw what had occurred, there was Blakey, safe on second. And Flynn, a hug in third. Then from the gladdened multitude went up a joyous yell. It bounded from the mountaintop and rattled upon the dell. It struck upon the hillside and rebounded on the flat. Or Casey, mighty Casey, was advancing to the bat. There was ease in Casey's manner as he stepped into his place. There was pride in Casey's bearing and a smile on Casey's face. And when responding to the cheers, he lightly doffed his cap. No stranger in the crowd could doubt. T'was Casey at the bat. Ten thousand eyes were on him as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Five thousand tongues applauded as he wiped them on his shirt. And while the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiance gleamed from Casey's eyes and a sneer curled Casey's lip. And now, the leather-covered sphere came hurtling through the air. And Casey stood watching it in haughty grandeur there. <laughs> Close by the sturdy batsman, the ball unheeded sped. They ain't my style, said Casey. Strike one, the umpire said. And from the bleachers black with people there rose a sullen roar. Like the beating of the storm waves on a stern and distant shore. Kill them, kill the umpire, shouted someone from the stand. And it's likely they'd have done it. Had not Casey raised his hand. With a smile of Christian charity, great Casey's visage shone. He stilled the rising tumult, and he bade the game go on. He signaled to the pitcher, and again the spheroid flew. But Casey still ignored it, and the umpire said, Strike two! Fraud! Fraud! yelled the maddened thousands, and the echo answered, Fraud! Fraud! But one scornful look from Casey, and the audience was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold. They saw his muscles strain, and they knew, they knew that Casey would not let that ball go by again. The sneer is gone from Casey's lip. 
His teeth are clenched with hate. He pounds with cruel violence his bat upon the plate. And now the pitcher holds the ball. And now he lets it go. air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light. Somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. What a moment. What a moment. (laughs) Have you ever struck out with the bases loaded? Boy, oh boy. I think even worse than that is to foul out. <laughs> That's even worse. You know, take this fantastic... Up it goes. A little thing. And the catcher's circling back. And the third baseman is coming over. Oh, no, no, no. You hit your bat on the ground. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> you know that that piece... Mighty Casey at the bat. Now, that's the original version that you heard there tonight. That there have been several versions since. And do you know that it troubled people so much that Casey, that Casey had struck out, actually did it, you know? The American dream is you win, you know, you win. That's why this is stuck in Americans' craws all these years. Casey did flub it. Well, it bothered people so much that about 20 years after this thing was written, a guy had to write another version where Casey belted one out of the park. Well, of course, it didn't get even... I mean, that thing laid an egg. I mean, it, it, it appears... It was, it, it was during the great... It was during the great Reformation period in America. It really was. It, it appeared during the period when liberalism began to take hold. And the underdog, you know, was considered everybody's everybody's equal and all that bit. So they had to write it that Casey made it. Well, everyone could spot the obvious sophistry in that because Casey kept striking out. You know, you go to the ballpark, he does it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I, I dig that piece. And in fact, there is a, there's a whole collection of things like this. That uh, Another thing that I would like to do is somehow, how would you like to hear The Curfew Shall Not Ring Tonight? Oh, that's a magnificent piece of clop. I'll tell you, the curfew shall not ring tonight. Barbara Fritchie clinging to the clapper of the gigantic bell. Curfew shall not ring tonight. Oh, I mean, you know, you just can't, you can't. I, I have another one here that I want to do. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, I won't do that one tonight. I don't have enough time. Darn it. Listen, my children, and you shall hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Uh, I'll tell you, though, 
For those of you who want to do Casey at the bat, I have a series of instructions I can give you, little uh, little pieces um, of instructions that, that help. Now, to begin with, you must start with an absolutely flat declaration of the situation. It looked extremely rocky for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to six with but an inning left to play. And so when Cooney died at first and Burroughs did the same, a pallor wreathed the features of the patrons of the game. Now there is an inspired line if I ever heard one. A pallor wreathed the features of the patrons of the game. That's a beautiful line. A straggling few got up to go, leaving there the rest, with that hope that springs eternal within the human breast. For though they thought if only Casey would get a whack at that, they put up even money with Casey at the bat. But Flynn preceded Casey, and likewise so did Blake. And the former was a pudding, and the latter was a fake. So on that stricken multitude a death-like silence sat. For there seemed but little chance of Casey's getting to the bat. Have you ever sat out at Yankee Stadium with, say, the Yankees behind two to one, with a runner on second and third, with two outs, and Jack Reed coming to the plate? It's a very terrible feeling, and nobody feels worse than Reed. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, you know. And, and, and yet, see, this embodies, this piece has a, has a peculiar kind of artful artlessness about it. Because it embodies so many different attitudes. The, the, the attitude of a few got up to go. That's very real, you know. There is always a few guys do get up, no matter what's going on, no matter what ball game. I'm not even talking about baseball. Life itself. A few get up to go, and who remain but just the rest, sitting there with the hope that burns eternal in the human breast? The faithful. Knowing full well it's not going to work because two clowns are coming up. But still they can't tear themselves away. It's that nutty thing that's inside of people, you know. Nothing to do with baseball. It's that, it's that thing. And on that stricken multitude, great line. And here... Here, there, there are some other great... The much-despised Blakey. Poor Blakey, much-despised. The much-despised Blakey tore the cover off the ball. And when the dust had lifted and they saw what had occurred, there was Blakey safe on second and Flynn a hug in third. And then from the gladdened multitude went up a joyous yell. It bounded from the mountaintop and rattled in the dell. It struck upon the hillside and rebounded on the flat for mighty Casey, Casey was advancing to the bat. And and how beautifully this guy Thayer reverses his field then. There was ease in Casey's manner as he stepped into his place. His place. There was pride in Casey's bearing and a smile on Casey's fate, face. And when responding to the cheers, he lightly doffed his cap. No stranger in the crowd could doubt. Twas mighty Casey at the bat. Ten thousand eyes were on him. 
as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Five thousand tongues applauded as he wiped them on his shirt. And while the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiance gleamed from Casey's lip. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there you have it. I suspect that Casey's lot is the lot of the Yankees this year. And, uh, you know. But it's all right, you see, because Casey went down with a smile of defiance upon his lip and those eyes a gleam in hate as the, as the pitcher. Kill him! Kill him! By the way, in all the years I've been going to baseball games, I have never once heard anybody say, kill the umpire. Not once. Not once. And so you have to pick them up where they are. You have to you have to do what's got to be done. A man's got to sometimes get out there and just do what a man has to do. Just keep your knees loose. Look up into that sun. Go back there as it's drifting back towards the fence. Move easily. Make sure that you judge for the windage. Drift a little to your left and just stand there and wait. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.